Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. This will be the closeout episode of the 2022 season. And I'm lost for words because this season did not end how I think any of us Dodgers fans had hoped or anticipated. They were eliminated by the San Diego Padres in four games, meaning they won just one measly postseason game this season. This I'm just speaking for myself here, but this is the most embarrassed I've ever actually felt as a Dodgers fan. Maybe it's not the most disappointed because we've had worse. The 2017 World Series sticks out to me. 2018 World Series, maybe even 2019, although maybe we'll get into that. This feels worse than 2019. Uh, despite going 111 and 51 this season and 14 and 5 during the regular season against the San Diego Padres, they did lose in four games. They were outscored by the Padres 15 to 12, meaning the Dodgers averaged three runs a game, well below their season average. They went five for 34 with runners in scoring position. That is probably the number one killer right there. So they batted 147 versus a 272 season average with runners in scoring position. And at the end of the day, this will go down as the second biggest upset statistically in MLB history. The 111 win Dodgers were knocked off by an 89 win Padres team. This is also the first 109 plus win team ever to not reach the championship series. So congrats to the Dodgers on that. Um, <laughs> we'll get into who stays and who goes. And I'm just going to set this up now and I'll deliver more on this later. I'm going to state my case why Dave Roberts needs to be fired as the Dodgers manager. Let me get everyone else's words in here. David Rosenthal, I'll pass it over to you. This is never easy, but let me hear what's on your mind. I'm honestly just shocked at how utterly bad they performed in that series. I mean, I don't know what the final numbers were with runners in scoring position. I haven't bothered to look it up, but it literally just it said was it. astronomically terrible, astronomically terrible. Uh, I, I honestly don't even know what to say. I mean, there's a lot we can like get into here about what the how and the why, but my overall feeling is just, I don't care. That's just not okay. Uh, if you're going to have a team that wins 111 games, you're going to have that payroll. You're going to have that experience. You can't do that. You just can't do that. The San Diego Padres played better and they earned that series. The Dodgers looked lifeless. They did not look like they cared. I'm not saying they didn't care because obviously they care, but the demeanor on the field in the clubhouse and the post-game interviews, especially after uh, game three, was like a funeral. It looked like a funeral home. Uh, it looked like they had better things to do. It looked like Mookie Betts wanted to go bowling and not play baseball. Uh, it, it was a somber tone and it, there was absolutely no energy. And then factor that in to the on-field play. You got a guy, Freddie Freeman, who, who puts a two-run double on the board and you're not seeing any celebrations. You're seeing barely any high fives. You're, not, you're seeing golf claps in the dugout. That's not how you play in the postseason. 
you got to have fire and you got to, you got to act like you care uh, because I know you do care, but you got to show it. Uh, that's how you win series. And that's exactly what the San Diego Padres did. Well said. Yes. I think that the Dodgers are going to need a huge culture shakeup this off season. There are a number of free agents who we'll discuss in a few minutes. Um, as David mentioned, it just felt like the Dodgers didn't play with the same enthusiasm that you see around the rest of major league baseball postseason qualified teams. The Freddie Freeman double is a perfect example. And anytime anyone hit a home run, the dugout looked pretty lifeless. Anyone on the Padres Machado going deep, all the teammates are backing it up. They all look fired up. They get base hits and Soto Machado Grissom Profar. You go down the line. Every single player looked pumped up and one of the post-game quotes that came after game three that really bugged me about Mookie Betts was saying, we all drive fancy cars. Well, maybe the Dodgers are overpaying their players at this yeah. point, and there's just too much comfortability in the Dodgers' dugout. I don't know if it's the fact that a lot of these players have been in seven-plus consecutive postseasons now, and they're just not fired up. I think back to 2020 when we heard Alex Wood and I think Kike say they couldn't get up for that series until they were down in the 3-1 hole also at the helm of Dave Roberts, but I am, I am very disappointed. And I thought that the Dodgers would play with more fire. I thought they would expect that this is world series or bust. And I know that they all want to win, but they're just not giving it to us. So let's say you Jake Reiner. Oh, I think I went through multiple stages of grief. And the first emotion that I felt was just stunned. And I think, when I was first stunned was in that seventh inning because I knew when the dust settled and we were down five to three, that it was over. And that doom and gloom feeling that you have for the rest of the two innings where you just know nothing good is going to happen. And that's, that's the end of your season. It's like a slow walk towards the plank and it's happened in many a postseason before. Then I went to disbelief. I couldn't believe that this is where we were at the end of the season, that this is how we went out. Then immediate rage. Absolutely. I'm still mad. Then I went into shock and then rage again. And I've been in rage pretty much all day. Of all the teams that you could afford to lose to, the one that you could afford to lose to least was the San Diego Padres. You just absolutely could not have lost to them. And it showed, it showed like they didn't care whether or not they beat or, or lost to this team. I agree with David on that front. The attitude was off. They needed to have the mentality that there was no way in hell this was going to happen. And of course there's plenty of blame to go around. I, I don't think that it stops and ends with Dave Roberts, although we'll get into it, how he really screwed us in game four, but Overall, we talked about this many times before. It was the offense. They just couldn't score. And it's not that it's not the fact that they couldn't score, but it was that they couldn't score when they needed to. They either couldn't get the run that they needed to, or they couldn't put the game out of reach and just close to the end. They made it so difficult on themselves. And this team in no way resembled what we were seeing from them the entire season. And if they were even half of what we know them to be, they would have won this series. The Padres didn't play that much better than the Dodgers. They outplayed the Dodgers for sure. 
but they didn't blow the Dodgers out of the water. That's how good this Dodgers team was that even at, I don't know, 20% effectiveness from the offense that they still made it as close as it was every single game is crazy to me, but they still had a chance in game four to push it to a game five. And I bet you they win game four, they come back to LA and they fucking win game five. I bet you they did that, but they couldn't close it out in game four. Now, like I said, I'll wrap this up, but I'm fired up. The Padres did earn it. They, they won it fair and square. A lot of credit goes to how they hit, how they played near flawless defense, getting the timely hit when they needed, and simply at sometimes just fucking putting the ball in play. And the, Bob Melvin having the complete read on bullpen management. He did. He did. But, but their hitters just put the ball in play. It, the uh, Austin Nola in the seventh inning of game yeah. four. Just put the ball in play and Freeman could make the play, whatever, but the run scored on that. The Dodgers couldn't do that. There were too many strikeouts. And I think that there are certain intangibles that you do need for an October run. You need that passion. You need that fire. Every time the freaking Padres got a base runner, their entire dugout erupted. Like David said, when the Dodgers, when Freddie Freeman ripped that two run double, it was just like, all right, Good job, pal. Yeah, like you're it's fighting the regular for your season. goddamn life in game four. And you put yourself up two runs. And you don't even look like you give a shit. I know. You know, this is a business, but at the end of the day, it's a game. Period. And you got to act like it's a game. You got to act like you're in Little League playing for the championship. And you got to show emotion. You got to care. You know, we got too many boring, family-oriented white guys on this team who just do the same thing every single time. It's the same thing. Every time, no emotion, nothing. It's I, I can't do another Chris Taylor persona in the offseason. I just can't do it. There's just no emotion. There's no fire. Uh, and it's it, you know, at the end of the day, also, if, if you if you get hits with runners in scoring position, sure, it's fine. You can still win. But when you don't, the other team stomps on your throat and makes it so you can't get up and breathe. And that is what happened in the series. That is what happened after the seventh inning. There was no chance. Every fan in the stadium, every fan watching at home, knew when the Padres got five runs to R3, those last six at-bats, six outs, didn't matter. It was over, completely over. Yeah, the seventh inning decided this game on both sides. First of all, the Dodgers were up 2-0. They were able to load the bases. Will Smith got a sack fly. Bob Melvin pulls the strings, brings in Tim Hill, and it looks like the Dodgers are about to do something great. They get a double steal. You now have second and third, one out. Max Muncy up at the plate facing Tim Hill. He strikes out. That leaves Justin Turner, who hadn't done a damn lick this whole series. He grounds out, ends the inning. So the Dodgers take a 3 nothing lead into the bottom of the seventh. Dave Roberts goes with Tommy Canely. And I didn't mind the move because Wait, before before we talk about that, can we just talk about the the, the top half of that inning real quick? That top half of the inning, I knew it. I knew it when they when when Max Muncy struck out with runners at second and third and one out. I, I was like, "This is this, we're fucked. We're fucked." They 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 needed at that point to put the game out of fucking reach. Yep. Four runs, five runs, that's it. Then you don't have to worry about it. But a three run deficit is just not enough. And you just knew at that point that it just wasn't enough runs. It just wasn't. Didn't feel comfortable. 
didn't feel like they had control of this game, felt like San Diego was in it. And that was really the microcosm of this whole series is that even when the Dodgers had a lead or were trailing, they just let San Diego off the hook every single time. They had multiple pitchers of theirs on the ropes, including their relievers who did a really good job against us. Going back to game one. Exactly. The game one was almost, they almost blew it. Okay, but you might have not felt comfortable, but let's be honest. A three-run lead at that point in the game, you felt like the Dodgers' bullpen, if they had pushed the right buttons, in theory, should have been able to hold it. Yes, yes, but... It just it just was a theme the whole, run, the whole I said series. It, I said it for weeks now. Five runs is what you need in the playoffs. You need five runs. If they had got to five that inning, San Diego doesn't have that momentum. They just don't. They simply don't. You give up three runs, you're still okay. You need you need six more outs, and you have you have some of your top relievers left. You just let the them fact- off the hook every single game in that series. And the fact that Will Smith was was the only guy to knock in a run with a sack fly, that was a win for San Diego. That yeah. was a complete and, and utter and frankly, win for them. I give him a pass, honestly. I mean, he had the birth of his child that same day, so I'm not really going to blame him for any kind of performance or, or non-performance. That's just a tough situation. I mean, you got to just choose to have sex a little bit earlier, a little bit later when you're making a baby and not during the postseason, but that's that's about it, man. Well, he shouldn't play then. Advice <laughs> shouldn't play then if he's not ready. Awesome. I mean, Lawrence obviously he's going to say he's ready, but you know, if you just had a kid, you know, I, I'm not well, really. Who gives gonna... a shit? He still knocked in a run, and it's more than you can say for most of those guys in the lineup. Yeah, but I mean, he did not have a good series. He went, he, oh, it was besides, terrible. He went three he, for sixteen. Yeah, and he did not have a good game either. I mean, he knocked in that run, but he, I think he. Yeah. What did he leave? Three men on base at least. Yeah, and I'm going to get to what else happened which kind of involves will smith in a second on one well, right now so tommy canelin like i was trying to say came in to open the inning didn't mind the move now given we didn't have a huge sample size on him but he looked fine but when he gave up the leadoff walk and then the uh base hit the smoking single to trent grissom you're like oh shit got to get someone else up and then austin nola drove in a run with an infield base hit so we have first and second now it's a 3-1 game nobody out and this is where the biggest Dave Roberts blunder of this season came. Instead of going with your fireman, your best reliever, something we had been talking about all season, when you get in these situations, this is where the game is won or lost. You go with your best reliever. And instead of going with Evan Phillips, who basically had a one ERA over a full season, he went with Yense Almonte. And that's not to put down Almonte because he's a damn good reliever, but he's not Evan Phillips. What ends up happening is the Padres tie the game and then somehow Almonte starts to bounce back. He gets the next two outs. He gets a uh, kind of an infield foul out to uh, it doesn't matter. But there's two yeah, outs. Freeman. There's two outs. There's still runners on base. Almonte oh, gets yeah. it. Almonte gets in a one nothing count uh, after the game. Apparently Will Smith, there was some confusion anyways. Roberts pulls the strings, goes with Alex Vessia in a one nothing count. You already kind of knew Vessia was cold because they, he barely had any time to warm up, but he goes to him anyways. They said Alex Vessia said he was ready, but I highly doubt that. It ends up in a two-run single off Jake Cronenworth. That's where the Dodgers trail 5-3. And, I mean, moral of the story is 
Roberts bullpen management, low IQ once again. And that's the decisive factor of that game. I, I will say this about the Evan Phillips non-move. It's not, it's not so much that Evan Phillips is a better reliever than Yancey Almonte, which we know he is, and he is the Dodgers' best reliever on the team. No doubt about that. But it's not even about that. It's about the fact that Evan Phillips, all season long, you put he, they put him on the mound yep. with traffic on the bases. And how many times, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I remember anecdotally how many times he was able to escape jams with runners on base and strand them in the most high leverage of situations you can get in the regular season. What the fuck are you keeping him for? Robert said after the game that he was going to hold on to him for the ninth. It's the, why all of a sudden are you changing the fucking plan? It's the Kimbrel meme. It's the Kimbrel left in the Dodgers bullpen when he was with the Braves when Juan Uribe hit the home run. It's literally the meme coming to life. What on earth are we doing? It's like you you follow the script to a T, right? You don't let Tyler Anderson face the Padres order a third time in a row. So you follow that script. So if you're following that script, why aren't you bringing in Phillips to put out the fucking fire? Speaking of here's, Tyler Anderson, he got pulled way too early. Here's what I want to say. I didn't mind pulling Tyler Anderson when they did. I really didn't. Yes, he only had 86 pitches. Yes, he was, you know, laboring a little bit, but he, he could have gone another inning, but I didn't mind it. The problem is he tried to steal three outs with Tommy Canley. Chris Martin did a great job in the sixth inning against the, the heart of the Padres order. You're up three to zero. That's three innings. You need nine outs. You have Almonte, Phillips, and Vesia, your three best relievers. He tried to steal three outs with Tommy, Con Tommy Canely instead of shortening the game. And what I mean by shortening the game is something he's done all year long. He's done it in the playoffs. He's done it in the regular season. He's done it in years past. He brings in an elite reliever, which he just did in the previous fucking inning. He shortened the game by bringing in his closer, Chris Martin, in the sixth inning to shorten the game to give his offense a chance to add on more runs by using a high leverage reliever in the, in the earlier innings. And he didn't do that. All he had to do was bring in Vesia, Almonte, or Phillips in the seventh inning. He tried to get away with a with a sneaky one on San Diego and get Tommy Canley, who, yes, has been good, but, yes, was pitching on a back-to-back. -back. I knew. What did I text in the group chat the second Tommy Canley walked that first batter? I said, we lose. The game is over. I knew it from the start. I've seen it too much with Dave Roberts. He tries to get too cute. He has a script that works for him, and he just completely abandons it in an, in an instant. He followed it in the previous inning. And then you get the seventh inning. He completely throws it away. It doesn't make any logical sense. And the other thing that doesn't make any logical sense is bringing Almonte in, in that situation where yes, he's a good reliever, but how many times has he been tested putting out fires in the middle of an inning? Not that many. I can't remember. They usually give him a clean inning. So if you're going to bring in Almonte and Phillips is ready to go and Vesia, you got to go with one of those three. I agree with you. But That's I also, but also, if they do go with Canely, who has been lights out, he just didn't have command, then you got to go with Phillips to put out the fire. End of story. That I had agree. to be the plan. But of those three guys I listed, how often do they not have command? 
Never, ever. You are fighting for your season. You need nine outs. You can't throw a guy who sometimes doesn't have command, who hasn't been healthy only until, what, three, four weeks ago, has barely thrown in back-to-backs. I think it's been two before this, before this outing. You can't do it. He threw away his own script. I mean, Almonte was out for two months too, so I don't really get your argument of Almonte over Kane yeah, but, to start. Yeah, but we've seen Tony Kane have, have no command. I haven't seen Almonte not have command. Have you? Ever? No. I mean, up until that point, he had gotten, I think, five outs in that series, and they were all strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, just give him the inning. Just give him the seventh inning. Shorten the game. Give your offense yeah, you're right. They chance. didn't even need to go to Canley. There was no need for there it. There was no need. You have your three best relievers available. Pick and choose which inning you want to give them. Just send those guys out there. Don't let your season come down to someone who we've barely seen in two years as a Dodger on a back-to-back who is known to have command issues. You just can't do that. And he did it. Well, I mean, Roberts pulled Tyler Anderson way too early. That's one of the biggest issues whatsoever. He had 86 pitches. He was going to face the top of the order, including Juan Soto, a lefty who hadn't seen him well. And that's how you get into these messes. If you don't believe in your pitchers, can't let them go 100 pitches. I mean, the Yankees let Garrett Cole go over 100 pitches, and they won. I've seen well, other that's, teams. I mean, that's the difference, right, is that the is that the Yankees really didn't have a lot of guys to go to in that bullpen. The problem is Roberts had too many options, exactly. and he just went with the wrong one. Exactly. You we can criticize the, the you know the possibly premature Anderson poll, but I, I really think it was an okay an okay uh, substitution. I I he, really do. We're not. But he had about he this. had. I mean, he had the script to do it. He, he did. had it. He, he literally Martin Almonte Vesia Phillips. There's your four innings. There's your four. I mean, Almonte got There's blown up innings. too. So how do you know he was going to get unscathed? Because he because they put him in the middle of a fire, he did not uh, of get a fire of an up. inning. He didn't get blown up. Yeah, he did. He got he two, he got two, he, two, two huge outs. He gave, he gave up hits. the inherited runs, though. You're just the hypothetical. You're not understanding, though, man. I, if, if he, I just if don't think Tommy Canely being thrown under the bus is fair. I'm not throwing Tommy Canely under the bus. I'm saying Dave Roberts' decision to use him was asinine, period. I he's mean, not one of your. He's not one of your three best relievers. He has no business being on the mound there. None, zero, P- absolutely no business. He closed he's out pulled, games in the ninth. What games? Playoff games? No. Well, no, because they only played four playoff games. Okay, was was Vesia, <laughs> Phillips, and uh, Almonte available when he did that, or had they, did they pitch in the game already, or were they unavailable that day? That's my point. Your season is on the line. You have the script to do it. Tyler Anderson gave you five shutout innings. Chris Martin gave you a shutout sixth. You have your three best guys, and you didn't use them. If, if you're going to criticize Dave Roberts for his bullpen management, that is the issue. That. And then bringing in uh, Almonte instead of Phillips is also a reasonable criticism. But again, I, I was fine with the Almonte uh, substitution. I didn't like pulling, pulling him for Vesia. I mean, he was rolling. Yes, you want the left-on-left uh, outing uh, matchup, but if, if Almonte's rolling, I, I, I let him face Cronenworth. It was all bad, but you have to go with Evan Phillips instead of Almonte in that situation. Yeah, you, you do. just have to do I it. I agree. And pulling Tyler Anderson on 86 pitches has been a common Roberts theme since his entire tenure. He's barely let anyone go 
five in past the fifth inning. No one's ever going over a hundred pitches. Tyler Anderson was absolutely cruising. The Padres had no answer for him. He didn't, didn't labor touch him. Didn't, didn't touch him. Exactly. His changeup was on point. They barely made him work whatsoever. You don't pull a guy who is just in complete command and then pass it over to your bullpen. That's where things go wrong. If you're looking to buy some tickets, but you want to avoid those nasty service fees. Try TickPick. They are a proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast. And they're offering our listeners a chance to save $10 off your first purchase on the app of $49 or more by using the promo code in all caps, INCLINE. That's INCLINE, all caps, will save you $10 off your first purchase of $49 or more. I used TickPick earlier this afternoon to attend the Rams and Panthers game. And it was a great experience because I downloaded the app. I got my tickets right away. Got to go to SoFi for the first time. Watched an okay game. My Rams won. But I didn't have to pay any service fees. Paid that flat fee. Tickets were really cheap. They were cheaper than StubHub, other competitors. All thanks to TickPick. Great customer service. You get your tickets right away. No service fees. Download the app. Use that promo code IDCLINE. Save some money. Go watch your favorite NFL team. Go to a concert. Go to Broadway. You name it. Sporting events. TickPick has you covered. It's just the the most inconceivable chain of events. You know, you have Roberts just head scratching moves. Like if you were going to bring Vessia in, why was he not already up? We were already in trouble when he brought Almonte in. When you bring him in, that's when you got to have Vessia up just in case this were to happen. It's Dave Roberts. He has it's no. It's like I he, just. He completely panicked, man. He he completely panicked. It just sucks because it's like, bro, you've been here before a lot. You, th- this is not a rookie manager anymore. No, this is unacceptable. It is. All right. Well, I think I'm just gonna lay it out there right now. It's time for the Dodgers to move on from Dave Roberts. First of all, guaranteeing that they're going to win the World Series and then being bounced in the NLDS winning one postseason game is the most laughable offense I've ever been a part of. I didn't like it when he said it from the get-go in the offseason because that just puts a bigger target on your back. When you're the opposing team and you're playing the Dodgers, all you have to tell your players is, remember that asshole who said he's guaranteeing they're going to win the World Series? Let's prove them wrong. And I'm sure that's something that motivated the Padres all season. Second of all, anytime the Dodgers were in adversity, I didn't see Dave Roberts do anything other than just sit there and looking stupid. I didn't see him go to any players. I didn't see him even go up to any pitchers that were struggling, talk about any game plan. The turning point for the Padres was early September. They got humiliated in a series. Bob Melvin called them out to the media. They turned it on from that point on. Not once did I see Dave Roberts when they were down in this series or down in any game show any signs of worry, worry whatsoever. The Blake Snell interview where he said he liked the way they were attacking him or thought they were putting up good at bats. No, they weren't. And what is this preparation? Every postseason they come in half the time they're cruising during the regular season and they come in looking like blind ducks. They have no game plan. 2019 Strasburg Scherzer owned them. This time, Blake Snell, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove own them. There's yeah, one. I, de- there's one denominator here, and it's the culture that Dave Roberts is setting. Well, look, here's the thing: all the things that you just mentioned 
Dave Roberts will never do. That's not who he is. He is going to do that for the rest of his life. He's not going to suddenly turn into Tommy Lasorda, even though that would be great. And it would be great if the Dodgers were able to get a manager like that. And I think that that's why we've had a lot of these sleepy playoff bounces or not even making the playoffs. It's just been a string of sleepy managers since Tommy Lasorda. And Dave Roberts is kind of along that same cloth. We know how good he is in the clubhouse. We know the players seem to like him and all of that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is that He's had these great rosters year in and year out, and there's always some fucking bullshit that happens with him. Always. There's always something where he affects the game more than a manager ever should, and he affects it negatively, which is obviously the bad thing. I don't understand it. It's like he, he hasn't learned from what is what has been his past failings and it's so and and the thing that is so frustrating is that it's so predictable every time i mean it's like oh my god but you're not going to get that out of him you're not going to suddenly get that out of him so i while i don't think that the entirety of this current series this loss of the padres falls all on his shoulders i just don't think that he's the guy I think that you've got to make some type of change. You've got to alter something. You've got to change the dynamic. It's too comfortable. It's too, you know, I mean, he's just, I don't know what he's like in the clubhouse, but it doesn't seem like he gets after anybody or, or is upset. The only guy he really picks on is fucking Cody Bellinger for some reason. Uh, It makes no sense. None of it does. So I agree. Something needs to change. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to fire him. They've already said they're going to bring him back. Obviously, they well, can change their mind haven't. at any point. I know, I know. But I LA honestly Times. don't know what else he can do. You know, I mean, he this is who he is, like Jake just said. He's not just going to change. Um, the culture needs to change. First of all, Van Skoyok needs to be out of a job, 100%. That this this performance offensively for the past two seasons has been atrocious. The approach at the plate is terrible. The only ones who produce are the perennial all-stars. Everybody else's approach at the plate has been garbage, garbage. The only success story is Gavin Lux. Uh, and I attribute that to, to basically just Gavin Lux himself. Uh, when's the last time somebody not, you know, who's a perennial all-star has, has burst onto the scene Trace the past two years. Are you really, are you really going to give that to Van Skoyok though? I'm not personally, I'm not. And I'm saying something needs to change and I don't think it's going to be Dave Roberts, but if Dave Roberts is the manager, there needs to be a culture shift. They, they are extremely way too comfortable. I mean, he is the best regular season manager in baseball history. I'm comfortable saying that regular season. He's on fire. Yes. He shits his pants five times, maybe 10 times a year, but who doesn't, you know, everybody shits their pants a little bit as a manager. In the playoffs, he panics. It's like he 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 is so stressed out, he just panics. And it happens every, every, every single postseason, even when they won, even when they won in 2020. He panicked in Tampa Bay uh, in game four against Tampa Bay, completely panicked. And, and he, he, he basically lost the game for us. Yes, Kenley Jansen uh, is, is pretty much to blame, but who put Kenley Jansen in the game there? 
you know, and he wasn't doing it before. And then he decides to go to Kenley Jansen. No. So look, I don't know what the hell has to happen, but, th- but you're right. You're absolutely right. Something needs to change. And it's a cultural issue in the playoffs. They're too comfortable. They're treating the playoffs like the regular season. And you can't do that. And also, if I could just say one quick thing there, it, for whatever reason, it seems like they, they can't get motivated or fired up out straight out of the gate. These past two seasons have been such a struggle to get up and get going and, 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 and get some momentum going in these series that it was like, even in 2020, when they won it, when they won the whole thing, it was like when they were facing Atlanta and the NLCS, it was like, where the hell are these guys? And then there was one random game where they scored like 26 runs in the first inning. I don't understand why it takes this back against the wall mentality to finally start producing. And it's funny because in game four, that's the best the offense looked the entire series given the, you know, the first few innings of game one. But other than that, I I don't understand. There's just, there, there needs to, there, there needs to be a hungriness there. It just isn't there. And you see it with other teams. That's why you've got the Padres and the Phillies in the NLCS. That's why the Mets are out. That's why we're out. That's Those why the Yankees are hungry. They're hungry. Why the Yankees are on the brink of elimination going to a game five against the Guardians. I mean, come on. I just don't the, see the that cultural these guys are tone. Hungry. Cultural tone is always going to start with the manager. And what more can we do? One World Series in seven seasons with the highest payroll, all these wins is not enough. Get to give them a pass in 2017 and 2018. But in 2019, losing with 106 wins to the Nationals in a game five, that was kind of the start of this wear and tear. 2020, they won, thank God. But he almost lost it for them in that Atlanta Braves series. He left Kershaw out there to die. The whole Tony Gonsolin thing was a mess. The Pedro Baez thing. Yes, the Baez, the Gratterall. 2021, they were down there again, 1-2 to the Giants. That time, they actually were able to wake up and come back. But the whole Urias debacle and just mismanaging the rotation. But like even last year when the offense was kind of dead, they still had some life. And then there were some dramatic moments with Cody Bellinger and AJ Pollock and Chris Taylor. There was some real grit and and some real fight in there. It just there were none of those moments in this series where you felt like this team's going to come back. You felt that throughout the entire regular season when the Dodgers were at a deficit during a game, it was just like. I don't have any worries. I know that they always have a shot to come back. And it just felt like every time they got down, especially in that game three, when they were down two to one, felt like they were down by 10 runs. There was nothing memorable about this postseason. It's a shame given they won 111 wins. 106 last season, get bounced in the NLCS. 111 this year, win one playoff game. We are talking about the Doc Rivers of baseball the Bobby Cox of this era where the Braves won 14 divisions and got one world series out of it. The Doug Collins bulls predecessor to Phil Jackson, the Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. I mean, what more can Dave Roberts do to wake these guys up? I really think the, the only two options here are blow up a number of the roster, which we'll talk about which guys I think are going to go next or it starts with the manager. I got a question for you guys. If Dave Roberts was the manager of any other team and he started when he started in 2016, would he still be, would he still be in a job? Any other team? 
would he still have his job or would he have been fired? Well, it's hard to, it, it depends on the team. If it was like the, the Marlins, maybe cause they don't care if it was the Phillies, probably not. I'm saying an emphatic. No, I really don't think he would. I really don't think he would have lasted this long if he didn't have these rosters. Well, I think it's, the, it's their guy and they, and he listens to what they say and that's what they like. There's, you could, that's not a reason to keep him. And I'm not I'm saying not, to fire him. I'm not saying, and I'm not or, saying am, that that's my reason why they should keep it. Of the three of us, I am the one most okay with keeping Wait, can you say Robinson, why? But I'm saying, no, I said of the three of us, I'm the one most okay with, with keeping him. I'm saying, but, can you say why you're the most okay with keeping him? Who else are you going to get? If you don't have a, if you don't have anybody, a guy, but Don Mattingly at this point. Look, I'd be totally okay with moving on from him. But at the same time, it's like, look what they did with runners in scoring position. You know, yes, I agree. A culture needs to change. Yes, I agree. He needs to do something else except the same old tired routine where, yeah, we're good enough. And we just, you know, we're just going to handle business. Yes, I agree. But at the end of the day, the players went three for 500 with runners in scoring position in four games. Okay. No, nothing a manager can say in that moment is going to, is going to make or break that it's the player's execution. So I don't blame him for losing this series. I'm more okay with letting him go because I think it's ridiculous that with these rosters and with these teams, they've only won one world series with him. That is why not because of this series. Because no, of his I'm not saying it's of because work. of this series. And, and, and I'm also not saying that it's entirely his fault. We know, we know who is to blame. I, I put more of the onus on the players. For not producing, yeah. for not doing what yes. they've done all season long to manufacture runs and get the hit when they need it or the sacrifice fly or the pass the baton approach. None of that was applied in this series. Totally. And I mean, it falls on the players, but whose job is it to prep them? It's the same story every year. They look dumb and can't hit with runners in scoring position. The manager isn't there to just hand out Girl Scout cookies. There's a work ethic. There's preparation. There's a mental aspect. And whatever Dave Roberts is preaching or letting these guys do, it's gone on long enough, and it's clearly not translating to October baseball. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Another thing that wasn't brought up, which is worth addressing, is the seven through nine hitters in that game four went one for 12. So the lineup construction with Dave Roberts choosing to bench Cody Ballinger, having Trace Thompson start in center field, didn't hate it, but Chris Taylor starting out in left field over maybe Joey Gallo or Cody Ballinger, Trace Thompson, whatever, did not pan out. Chris Taylor went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Gavin Lux went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. And Trace Thompson went one for four. I remember Robert saying something to the effect that the reason he put, well, I don't want to say the reason, but one of the main reasons he started Chris Taylor was because he thought that Chris Taylor deserved it. What the fuck does that mean? Two games in a row. Who the fuck cares? Start the fucking best player. And that to me is like, what are you saying? Has, 
Chris Taylor shown you anything that would let you to believe that he should be in there. And no disrespect to Chris Taylor, because he has been a guy in the postseason for the Dodgers for a long time. So no, not discrediting him there, but he had a really bad season and he was hurt and he was injured going into this series. There was a question if he was going to make it at one point. So he wasn't a hundred percent. He didn't look a hundred percent. He was an automatic strikeout up there. So you're telling me that you'd rather have that in there than over Cody Bellinger or Joey Gallo, who could potentially both run into one at some point. Here's the problem though. And I'm not saying starting Taylor was the right call, but the alternatives were all bad. Okay. So, so I'm, I get what you're saying, but it's not like we were sitting um, Reggie Jackson on the bench. Like any single one of those players could have had the same performance. So you pick your poison and I agree. You probably should have gone with Cody Bellinger, but he hadn't shown you much to really say like, you can go with this guy with full confidence. He went one for seven in this series with four strikeouts. I know because he, he barely got an opportunity to play. He got one game and then he got pinch hit for in a crucial spot by Austin Barnes. I I mean, I I don't know. I, I just think that, and again, Trace Thompson made an incredible catch in game four um robbing i think it was brandon drury but so there was no hit there defensively but i mean i would rather i would rather have the best defensive outfield out there if if the if the offense is a wash you know if one bat is not necessarily that much more imposing than another don't you want a guy out there that can be a part of the best defense possible and also why are we going away from this platoon thing that we've, that again, we've done all season long, put the lefty up against the righty. You never know. I would rather go. I would rather take my chances with that than going with, with Chris Taylor, who ha- didn't have one quality at bat the entire series. And you look at the flip side of that. Trent Grisham was awesome for the Padres. Awesome. Austin, Austin Nola was electric for the, the Padres. bottom of that order. They were ready. I mean, Mookie Betts went two for 14 with one RBI. Trey Turner went six for 18 with two home runs, the two RBIs. Freddie, five for 14, a home run, multiple RBIs. Will Smith, three for 16. Justin Turner, two for 13, zero RBIs. Uh, Cody Bellinger, I already said one for seven, four strikeouts. It it was a mess. Justin I, Turner, I... man. I yeah we I you want to talk about Justin Turner now? Yeah, I, I do. Gonna... I have some stats okay. that I that I pulled up too. All right, Justin Turner time. Except after his wild card home run against St. Louis yesterday, in the playoffs, Justin Turner one for twenty against the Giants, two for ten against Atlanta last year, and two for thirteen against San Diego. That's five for forty three. Since his wild card home run, yeah, that's unacceptable. Wait, are you talking about Chris Taylor's wild card home run? Justin Turner, Justin Turner, and for the full picture, he's hitting 128 since the beginning of the 2021 postseason. Oh, that's right, he did. He did it a home run in that game. Yes, he did. It's it's time. It pains me to say it, but it's time. It's he's 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 reached the end. Uh, Can he be a serviceable bench uh, bat off the bench? Yes, but. It's time. 
you, you, you can't have that in the, in the postseason. You just can't. And as long as he's on the team, Dave Roberts doesn't have the heart to bench him. You could have benched Justin Turner in that game. He yeah. was the DH. You could have started no, Austin Barnes. You don't Barnes. bench him against Joe Musgrove. Okay, fine. But in the game prior, you could have benched him. You could have yeah. benched him in any of these games. But Dave Roberts, the point is, I'm not saying it was the right move to, to bench him. I'm saying, had it been the right move to bench him, Dave Roberts wouldn't have done it because he's Justin Turner, because of the career he's had with the Dodgers. And that never works out. Look at the Cardinals with, with Yadier Molina. I mean, he has not been good for what offensively for years. They can't bench him in the playoffs. They're just not going to do it. And that's, we've reached that point with Justin Turner and it sucks because he's forever a Dodgers legend, but it's, it's time. I mean, what five for 43 since the wild card game against St. Louis in the postseason? Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you and with no extra base hits. Well, that's what I was saying all year long is that Justin Turner was clogging up Miguel Vargas's spot. And if yeah. you weren't playing Justin Turner so much, you could get more at bats to Miguel Vargas. And maybe he would have actually gotten some plate appearances this postseason because you had more to work I mean, with. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But also Justin Turner did turn it around and had a pretty solid regular season for his age. So he did. I, I, I mean, if he continued to kind of perform the way he did in the first half, then yeah, I, I totally am with you on that. And again, his performance in the, in the postseason is just not what it used to be, obviously. And yeah, you could make an argument to have benched him. They weren't there, going there to no game where you could bench him other than maybe game one or game two, though. You're not benching him against Blake Snell. You don't bench the right-handed bat against the lefty. And then you can't bench him against Joe Musgrove after all the regular season. Success. I agree, but that's not my, that's not my point. My point is, you could re, you could get the worst matchup ever, ever for Justin Turner. Whoever he is the worst at in baseball, he could be 0 for 50 against someone, and Dave Roberts would not bench him in the postseason. That's so, my point. So this and was a this was a that. this was a major talking point two years ago, and you guys strongly disagreed with me. So you're okay with Justin Turner retiring elsewhere? You mean yeah. playing yeah. for another team? Yeah, but retiring elsewhere. Yeah. Has, oh, so I see what you're saying. He has a club. He has a team option. I think it's worth 20 million. If they decline it, he's a free agent. He has not given any signals whatsoever that he's willing to hang it up. And after his second half surge, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that he would retire. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a I, they're, not gonna, they're, they're not going to do the $16 million option. Like he's got a team option for 16 million. I'd be surprised if they do that. I really would. But I mean, you got to give, why, why are you going to have any prospects if you're not going to let them have a chance to make the team and start, you know? I mean, that's, that's my one criticism with the Dodgers organization is they, they baby these prospects for years, for years. They don't give them a, a full runway to just say, here, here's the job. It's because they're too loyal to the vets. And this was something that I kind of, had been on an Island on for a while and why I wouldn't give Justin Turner that three or four year contracts because of these exact scenarios. And yeah, he proved me wrong this season, I guess, by turning it on the second half, but when it mattered most, he faded. And last season when it mattered most, he faded. I don't want to blame his age, but I really do think his age is why he can't keep up with the most electrifying pitchers. I don't care if he's able to go off against the Rockies or bad giants pitchers or the Reds, all that. That's that's exactly this regular season problem. You face a bunch of mediocre scrubs 
you pile up the wins, you think you got something good, then you face the best of the best and you crumble into dirt. Yeah, I, I mean, if they decided to to let him go, I, I think I would be okay with it. I don't think I was okay with it prior to him signing that new deal. I thought that he earned that and, and I, I'm, I'm happy that we gave it to him. But yeah, the, 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 the thing that I, I wanted to touch on real quick, two players that I wanted to touch on, one of them, Mookie Betts. Yep. Oh my goodness. What happened, dude? Like what happened? He, he looked like checked he said, out. Two for Completely 14. checked out. Two for 14. It's a 143 clip. One extra base hit. It was a double. One RBI. He didn't even get on base. 278 on base percentage. Just unacceptable. I mean, if he wasn't going to hit, at least get on. At least he did, score, he did score two runs in game four. Okay. You pay like, are you paying a guy $360 million to score two no, runs? He had, he had a really bad series. And I we talked about we we talked about this. We 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 brought up what happened in the Phillies series with the Braves. Bryce Harper carried that team. Yep. He, he Why had, are we bringing up Bryce Harper? How is that relevant to this same contract? Let me, let me same th- contract. Hold on. Team That's leader, the, same contract. Bryce Harper hasn't been in the postseason his entire That's Phillies not my point. Not my point. Relevant. Hold on. Different pitchers. Okay. Would you let me finish? Hold on. <laughs> I'm making a point here. The point I'm making is I'm not, I'm not making the point that we should have Bryce Harper versus Mookie Betts. What I am saying is that Bryce Harper is the star of that team. Mookie Betts is the star of this team. Where did he go? Why wasn't he, why, why wasn't he carrying this offense? You know, this offense really kicks into gear when he is carrying it, when he is the spark plug and he was nowhere to be found. And it was, it, he, it was like, he left no footprint on this series. It was just bad. He came up in a ton of situations where he could have come through and didn't. Yeah. He had an awful series. It is what it is. Got to move on. Bryce Harper had a lot of bad postseason series up until this year. So I'm just, I'm just saying every dog has their day. Mookie Betts went four for four against the giants in that do or die game a year ago. It just didn't happen this year. I don't know what to say. Well, remember that, you you know, I mean, that's what, that's, that's what I was trying to make the point last week is, you know, except for, a couple guys here and there, uh, the postseason is pretty random. You know, there's not one guy who, oh, he sucks in the postseason every year. Like, I just don't put any stock in that. I, I just don't. Um, but if you're paying a guy $360 million, you can't suck in the playoffs. You just can't. Period. You know, they're, they're not well, they're paying not you. they're not all Derek Jeter. They can't come through every year. I agree with that. But there's a reason the Dodgers lost this series, and he's at one of the top of the list of, the, of those reasons. I mean, he, I mean, he yeah, is. I agree. He was bad this series. I've said that over and over. I agree. But to doom and gloom and reflect, oh, well, this guy's going off. Well, he had plenty of bad series, too. It happens to everybody. It would just happen that this year it was Mookie Betts, and we got eliminated. Yep. He was there the other- in 2020. He was there in 2021. I agree. You're, you're right about that. You're hundred percent right about that. And he had a really good regular season and he's one of the reasons why the Dodgers won 111 games. So there's no discounting that. It's just, it was just very frustrating to watch. The other one that I was frustrated to see 
was Will Smith. And we kind of touched on it earlier. Again, 188, three for 16 clip, only two RBIs, only two extra base hits, two doubles, and a, just a, an abysmal 177 on base percentage. From the, from the guy in the, in, in the cleanup spot, it's just unacceptable. And he came up a lot of times with runners on base to be able to put a game out of reach, take the lead, whatever. He was up in those clutch spots, and he just never came through. The only time he really did was in game four when he hit a sack fly. But even then it's like the base is loaded. You have them on the ropes. I get it. You got to get at least one run. And a lot of times we don't even get that one run with the bases loaded and nobody out. So I get, I get all that, but it's just, I don't know. These guys, they just had so many opportunities to knock these guys out and they just, just couldn't come through. I would be frustrating all the way around. I would like to talk about, the roster decisions that we have because so there's stays and who goes there's quite a lot. And I, I have this mapped out. Um, so I'm going to list out the contracts that are off the books. Okay. Justin Turner, 16 million. Yes. They have a team option for the same price. Trey Turner, 21 million off the books. Kershaw, 17 million off the books price, 15 million. Kimbrell, 16 million. Heaney and Anderson, 8.5 million each. Tommy Canley, $4 million. Gallo, $3 million. Hanser Alberto, $2 million. That's a lot of money off the books. Uh, and obviously, all those guys are not going to come back. And I think the main one that's going to set the tone of the rest of the roster and how they're going to spend is obviously Trey Turner. Um, I think there's going to be a couple guys who they would like to bring back for, for cheap, which they'll be able to do. But it, it's going to start with with Trey Turner, and and after all those guys come off the books, their payroll drops a hundred, nearly one hundred and fifty million dollars to under one hundred and twenty million dollars total. So that is a ton of financial flexibility. But that doesn't include arbitration, right? Correct. It does not include arbitration for Bellinger, uh, Urias, Urias, uh, Trace Thompson, which won't be much Rios, Dustin May and Smith, which are not going to be that much either. So it's not going to be a huge shift in, in arbitration. Arias and, and Bellinger would be the two main ones. I was in the trade Turner extend trade Turner camp for pretty much the whole season. And I, I think I would be fine if they, if they were to extend him or at this point sign him, um, I'd be fine with that, but I'm, I think overall I'm leaning towards no. Um, I just didn't see what I wanted to see over these last two postseasons. Again, 2021, he wasn't good at all. And, and, and in this series, he did hit the ball well. He had an OPS over 1,000, and he hit 333. But the defense and just the focus in the playoffs, it just was so concerning to me. It was just so bad. And, and, yeah. and not just, and not just bad defense, right? The defense that affected the outcomes of these games, you look at game two. I mean, that game was a winnable game. In fact, all of them were obviously. And the fact that he, you know, he booted that ball and a run came across and it just, I don't know. I just, it, then, then there was that ball that he ran into left field in San Diego. Oh, and God. He, and he called off. I think it was Thompson Taylor. out there. Taylor. It was Taylor. He called okay. him off. That's Taylor's ball. No, it's not. It Trey is. Turner it called is. it all the way. If, it doesn't if, matter. Bro. No, it does matter because if Taylor tries to no. get in there, it's going to be a collision. No, Trey Turner matter. is full the speed. The outfielder 
It does matter. Always. It absolutely no. does matter when Trey Turner isn't giving whatsoever. And if Taylor were to try to get in there or two, they're going to collide. Here's the thing. Here's two points. That is always the outfielder's ball if he calls it off. My second call. Always. Always. And that goes to my second point. Chris Taylor is too damn quiet and nice. Period. He needs to be screaming at the top of his lungs. That's my ball. Ball, ball, ball. Mine. I, 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 whatever the fuck you say to call it, that's what you fucking do. That is the outfielder's ball, period. Yes, he, he looked like a fool uh, dropping that, but that is on Chris Taylor and Chris Taylor no, it's alone. Not. It's 100%. not on Chris Taylor. If you're, if, 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 if you're calling off the ball, you better make the catch. That's what I was going to say. He's he, got to he make that made catch. That easily. He pulled up three feet short before the ball even got to Turner's glove. Because Trey Turner was aggressively calling for it. The as ball he should was, be, as the, he should be, until he gets called off. What? Yeah, but the ball, David, the ball was in his mitt. You got to make that catch. I, 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 I agree that it was Chris Taylor's ball, and he should have called him off, and all of that. I get all that, but Trey Turner called for it. He had the ball in his glove. You got to make that catch. I mean, look. I mean, the flip side of that is you have Corey Seager at shortstop. He doesn't even come close to catching it, and Chris oh. Taylor floats underneath it gingerly and makes I, the catch. I, I so yeah, in that Corey regard, Seager. Corey Seager is a better defender because he won't even been in the position to make the play. Yeah, that's that's IQ right there. I wish we had Corey Seager's defense this postseason because the worst Corey Seager ever did in a single postseason series was maybe one air tops. I saw three from Trey Turner, and that was a riveting theme all po- all regular season carried over into the postseason. He got the home run off Mike Clevenger. He got another home run that kind of boosted his OPS off of Darvish off of Darvish. Yes. That tied it three, three, but he also came up in a lot of critical spots where he didn't come through. He had a second and third in the seventh inning of one of the games. He grounded out. He had, um, yeah, the four, three air. That's so that the first air we were talking about, it was a three, three game, that air when Grouter was pitching that allowed, the Padres to take a four, three lead in game three, Mookie Betts had a single or something. Trey Turner striked out. My notes are shitty here, but the point is I remember Trey Turner coming up in a lot of critical spots, second and third one out. That was a game three. I think after Mookie Betts got the sack fly Taylor fouled out to shallow first base. So basically my overall point is, is that I'm on the fence about whether I, I would want him to come back or not. And I think that I would be okay with either outcome. Um, but I'm, I, I'm, I wasn't, I'm not as hundred percent confident as I was during the regular season. I'm just not comfortable giving him $300 million. The defense is showing it's declined. The shift is going to be gone. That's going to make it even harder on him to field. His steals are down. He had 27. This guy used to be a 40 something steel guy a year. The OPS was barely above 800. He's about to be 30. So you're paying him as opposed to you're paying him for what he done. In the He's done in the past versus what you're going to get out of him in the future. I just don't see how he's going to be better. He's, he's hit his peak. I could go either way. Uh, I think he was absolutely phenomenal this season. I think he's, his bat showed up, not in necessarily the, exact spots he wanted it to in the postseason, but I think he did show up. I, I don't think, I think the defense just was one of those series. I, you know, it happens. Uh, I'm not really too concerned about his defense whatsoever. I think he needs a goddamn new mitt. That's for sure. He said he's had it for five years or whatever, but 
I would like to see him back because he, he was a major producer of offense for this Dodgers team that won 111 games. Uh, I mean, he was awesome in the regular season. And like Jake said, you, what was he six for four, 14 in the, in the postseason? What was six it? Six for 18. Six for 18 in the postseason, two home runs, 1100 OPS. Yeah. You know, only not, two not RBIs. Yeah. Two solo home runs, two RBIs. Yes. Uh, in the, in the spots you needed those hits, you didn't get them. But again, it's the same thing with what you just said about Mookie Betts with one of those postseasons. It just didn't happen when we needed it to happen. So I would like to see him back. I would like to see seven or eight years for 250, 260 million. If someone wants to pay him 300 million, so be it. We'll be fine. Gavin Lux has shown uh, he belongs in this league. Uh, you don't necessarily need to have a, a, a power hitting shortstop. Uh, you need a guy who can get on base and play solid defense, which Gavin Lux is going to have to work on as well. But there's there's options. You know, Michael Bush can step in at second. I mean, he's already 24 years old. You know, it's time to start letting these prospects have a have a chance. Right, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to jump in because you're kind of contradicting your point. If you want to shape up the shake up the culture, why would you bring Trey Turner back? He's one of the guys that showed zero emotion. Because he's one of the best players in baseball for starters. Like you, there's ways to shake up the culture without getting rid of one of your right. two or then, three best then players. Then it's appropriate to talk about a guy you didn't bring up who's gone, and that's Cody Bellinger. The end of the line is here. He's either going to get non-tendered or traded. It What they did with him in that game four by benching it says it all. He's had back-to-back-to-back bad seasons. His only silver lining was the 2021 postseason. I was promised he would come through this October. He didn't show up at all. He looked his all-time worse. He was swinging out of the zone a shit ton. The defense isn't going to save him. The end of the line is here for Cody Ballinger. And if you really want to shake up this culture, this roster, he is the odd man out right there because right now he's adding nothing to this Dodgers team at all. Watch him go and like tear it up somewhere else. That's going to happen, I think. I really do think it's going to happen. I mean, there's I, something weird going on with him and Dave Roberts. I don't know what it is. Yep. It's just, it's a weird thing, and he may thrive under another manager. I think so, too. And it's going to, it pains me to see it. I, I do see the writing on the wall. Uh, I mean, I've never really seen Dave Roberts act this way towards any player, uh, like literally ever. So, I, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I would like to see them try to mend it. Uh, and at least give him a chance uh, to play out a contract year and, and see if he can turn it on because players do that very much. So uh, contract year, they just somehow become great. So I would like to see that in a Dodgers uniform at the same time. You're not going to, you haven't, you're not going to miss much on offense given the last two seasons, you're going to miss the defense a lot, but you got a guy who came up for about a week who is ready to step in and, and give him uh, give his best shot at taking that center Outman. field job and James Outman. So they got options, but if this is the end, it's an unfortunate end because he was such an electric Dodger for about three and a half years. Craig Kimbrell's gone. Unless you had something to add more about Bellinger. No, no. Kimbrell's no. gone. I think there's no argument there. David price is gone. Um, He's probably going to retire. Tyler Anderson, I think we'd all love to see the Dodgers re-sign him. Please, I'd love to have him back. It will come down to money, though. But he did it all. He led the team in innings. He didn't miss a start. He didn't complain. He did show some fire on the mound from time to time. Kind of reminded me of a less passionate Rich Hill, but still got it done 
Big daddy style. Real hard hat guy. Lunch pail guy. He was great. What I mean, what more could you have asked for for him? Literally in nothing. Elimination game. I mean, just was dominant and efficient and overpowering. And yeah, definitely could have seen him go out there and pitch at least one more inning. I would have loved to see that. But what he did in those five innings was remarkable. And that they can't re-sign Tyler Anderson because maybe he's just too big of a market guy. Um, I would like to see Andrew Heaney come back as a fallback. I thought as a back-end rotation guy, he was fantastic. I was going to put you guys on blast to make apologies, but the Dodgers lost, so it doesn't fucking matter anymore. But he well, can't. I'll, I'll give my apology. I don't mind. I was the I was the harshest critic of Andrew Heaney, and he came through and cleaned up Tony Gonsolin's mess. That was that was a brutal watch for Tony Gonsolin, even though he had been injured going into that. Boy, that was disappointing. But the way Andrew Heaney came in there and cleaned it up, yeah, he gave up his uh, his token home run that he always does, but. The good thing, the good thing was that it was a solo shot. Unfortunately, it was the difference in the game because I the offense called that on Twitter too. Yeah, the offense, like, uh, the offense didn't help him out or anybody out at all. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I feel bad about uh, about bashing him. I, I still am a little like worried that like he's not reliable in the sense of his health. But I agree with Kevin. I think that if they brought him back for a back end of the rotation spot what they've done with him, the way that they've changed him. Um, I, I think that, that it can only go up from here. Uh, Tommy Canely, I'd bring him back. I would too. I, I know David made a strong point of why you couldn't pitch him in that scenario, but I looked up, he had 15 postseason appearances prior to this out or prior to this postseason. He had 2017 and 2019 with the Yankees, pretty high level market. So he's had the experience. If they can get him on a good deal. I'll welcome him back. And he looked, he looked really sharp down the stretch and really sharp up until that last until hour. he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Clayton Kershaw free agent would love he's to have coming him back. back. He's coming back. He's coming back to pitch for sure. Um, hopefully it's with the Dodgers. It will be. And then a guy that is in arbitration, but I think his time with the Los Angeles Dodgers is over Edwin Rios. I mean, the fact that they didn't even give him a September call up, and just let him sit in AAA kind of speaks volume to where he's at in the organization. I, I, I just I, don't see it. I disagree. And I'll tell you why. I, I think if they do part ways with Justin Turner, I think they'll give him a chance. I, I'm not saying he's going to make the roster, but I think that I think in spring training, I think they'll give him a chance as a backup third baseman. I'm all for it. I'm saying, I think they're going to give him a chance to, to win the starting job. Well, I think, yeah. Muncie and Vargas can split time at third base. Well, I'm, I'm putting Muncie at DH. Yeah. Well, we'll see who they sign. I guess that's. A yeah. Big but I, I, if, if Turner's gone, I think Rios is at least going to be given a chance. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, is there, so we were asked by Ryan stall underscore who stays, who goes. So we answered that. Um, I'm going to read out some listener things in a second. Young Jeremy. I do have one thing really quick. I just want to say while we're talking about this roster, they need to give Bobby Miller and Gavin stone a chance to win a rotation spot from the start. We've babied pitchers for too long. Uh, You look at other organizations, look what the Braves did with Spencer Strider. Okay. He was drafted. I want to say in 2019, uh, 
he is like one of their best pitchers. Yes, he kind of shit his pants in the playoffs in his last start, but that's irrelevant. He had an awesome regular season. He, I think he should have made an all-star team, or if he didn't, he should have. The Dodgers need to give Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone a chance to win a legitimate rotation spot. Not, not just a, uh, here's an experienced start in spring training, and we'll see a, if we see a maybe at the end of the year. No, I've had enough of the babying. I've had enough. You, it, we've, we saw it in game three. You need pitching. You need starters who are available. Okay, you can't rely on a 45 pitch count from Tony Gonsolin, who's hurt. You can't do that in the playoffs. You're a you have the second highest payroll in baseball. You have 111 wins. And in a in a postseason game, in a one to one series, you're sending out a guy whose pitch count is 40 pitches, who's thrown one start of two innings since he got injured. You can't do that. Give these two guys a legitimate chance to win a spot in the rotation. I mean, they're going to do that, and I don't know why you're bringing them up because, first of all, in 2019, they gave Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May legitimate chances as rookies. 2020, the entire minor league season was It took forever to bring them up. I don't think so. Dustin May is still really young. Dustin, and anyway, so in 2021, where I was going with, they didn't have anybody ready, so nothing you could do there. This season, they gave Ryan Pepio, they gave Michael Grove spot starts, but the problem, the bottom line is the Dodgers rotation was deep and they had the guys with this game three, two, they had a plan with Gonsolin. It didn't work out. Andrew Heaney came up and cleaned it up. Dustin May was there. He hurt himself. It, it happens. Bobby Miller didn't have a great minor league season until the second half. You can't rush him in there. And Gavin Stone literally was in, yeah, I think, single I'm, A I'm to start saying the year. this year. I'm saying the start of next year. I mean, they're going to. Like, there's no reason not to. Hope so. I, I wouldn't, I would not stress about that. Um, so yeah, young Jeremy 18. Any key free agents? I haven't even thought about free agency. I don't know any players that I Me would neither. want the Dodgers to target. Edwin Diaz. We should do that on a at a different episode or yeah, like a full off season. Yeah. Um Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Jacob deGrom. Oh, just do some just do some quick shout outs real quick. So Dodge 16 underscore 12. How quick do you think the Dodgers fired Dave Roberts? We talked about that. I am not a pagan. Went on a huge Twitter rant in our <laughs> mentions that you should read, but he basically called this the biggest underachieving season ever. And I agree. Um, Fair. Chewy, the truth. What will it take to move Roberts? Probably another postseason early exit. <laughs> Blue Heaven 466. <laughs> what is the biggest organizational change needed? Covered that. Culture. Castillo, Jason just wants people fired. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to happen. I And then just robes Pierre over there. Just Ros- guillotine. Roscoe X Sweat. That was an elite um, history joke. If you're listening, I hope you can recognize that. I recognized it. And then Roscoe X Sweat was just basically dumbfounded of just what went wrong with this team so thank what you listeners in that series? they need they need to find some players with with a give a shit attitude they need to find that they need to find all of these playoff teams that do well they have this just this hype about them and that that 2020 team did and and look they won the title they had those guys they had those hungry guys even mookie was fired up yep i mean that that's what it was sorely missing these past two seasons 
Agree. They need to, they need to, they need to get some role players. Like we have enough stars, you know, even without Trey Turner, they got enough stars at the top. They need some role players who are fighting for their damn livelihoods and fighting for a big contract. That's what they need. They need guys who show emotion. They need guys who are fighting to, to earn their place in this league and to earn a contract. That's what they need. Next season, you'll see way more of Miguel Vargas. You'll see a lot of James Altman. You'll see Michael Bush. They're going to have that next class generation of guys. Hopefully that's a cultural shift that is badly needed out with the old in with the new Um, on that note. Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up real quick? Um, The one thing I wanted to say real quick is uh, how are, how are all of our uh, mentions doing? Um, Because, Oh oh my God. Yeah. I, 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 you know, David, you and Kevin, you too, but David's the, the king of getting, you know, shit on all the time. I, you know, I don't usually experience this. I, I've never been dumped on like this <laughs> in my life. I, it's just every hour I get about oh, yeah. five new notifications about, uh, they keep dunking on me because I, I put out this tweet basically saying that the Dodgers ripped the Padres hearts out of their chest yep. and stomped on it when, and, and, uh, and unfortunately it had to have been tweeted on September 11th and it just, is just making the rounds again. And I, honestly, you know, I think the Padres fans have deserved that much. I mean, they're ruthless and they're insane and you know, this is a huge thing for them. So have at it guys. Yeah. I'm proud of you for taking this on the chin. Uh, I'm a veteran at this. I, I give out more shit than, than anybody to Padres fans. So you can imagine what my mentions are like and my DMs. Uh, it, it is it is a complete <laughs> the DM is so great. Train. The oh, DM. that's not even the worst one. I'm gonna read one right now. This is from Carson at Raisin nine two one one eight. L pussy, you deserve all the hate you get. You're an utter piece of shit. Okay, that that that's is light that work. Is, that is one of the nicer ones. Okay, and it's not just the DMs. It's everything. You know what? I'm taking it on the chin. The Padres showed up. If they, if, if I need to take this ratio and, and DMs, so be it. The receipts are longer than CVS receipts. Yep. Yeah, I called Josh Hader a notorious choker when they acquired him, and I've been getting retweeted nonstop <laughs> ever since. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I am I am staying off Twitter for woo! a couple weeks. I just am over sports at this point. I literally after the after the last out, I got QT'd by Ben and Woods just immediately. Yep. It was the quickest. I was like, "Holy shit!" Right off the bat. No, I will say it's been I nonstop will, for me. I and will say the, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. I, was, I was just gonna say there. There's a there was a late entry into Idiot of the Week, Idiot of the Year. The LA Times um, an editorial <laughs> so opinion bad. article. Oh, said the worst. They want to cancel the 2022 postseason because the Dodgers had the best record. And it should be awarded to the best team regular season wise. And it's, it's just a really bad look. I mean, nobody wants that and stop yeah. making Dodgers fans look like, shit. yeah, seriously, we have to answer for that online. Yep. <laughs> we do. We have to, we have to say, we don't claim this. We it don't wasn't even a Dodger this. fan. The guy was a Cubs fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For the LA times. Yeah. I will say this. It's one thing 
to be beat by a better team and to be outplayed in every facet of the game, but it's another thing to not play up to the standards that you know that your team is, is capable of. I mean, the thing is, is like, yeah, you can make arguments that they lost in 2017, you know, how much of the cheating really take effect or not. But the fact is they were there, you know, they went to a game seven, they fought, they played as hard as they could. And I think that they did play up to their standards in a lot of different ways in 2017. But this 2019 and 2022 were not even close to the level that we're that we're used to seeing from this team. And so that's yeah. why it's more frustrating than it were to be if we just got knocked out by the better team. We miss Jock Peterson's energy. We miss Kike Hernandez's energy. Kike too. Yep. There's a lot that needs to be fixed. So thank you guys for listening to the Incline Dodgers podcast throughout the 2022 season. Next things that's due up is 2023. Oh, you'll hear from us all off season long as we just go on the nostalgia train, I guess. And the Incline Awards will be back for its second year. So we'll announce the nominations and all that soon. But in the meantime, please just subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter and give us five stars. But man, I'll say it for all of us. F U C K this season. <laughs> Go Dodgers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.